Welcome to Macedonian Postcards. Dobrodojdovte vo Makedonske razglednica. My name is David Belidis. Ja sum Dragi Spasovski. And we're your hosts for this show. It's brought to you by Izvor Music. You can look at our website at izvormusic.com. That's spelled I-Z-V-O-R, music.com. Today's postcard is from all over Macedonia. And the song is... three Macedonias, actually three parts of Macedonia. The interesting thing is that the very first recording of the song was done by Mirved Beloska, who is from the northern part of Vardar Macedonia, and that makes her from northern part of Macedonia. Thank you. 
think Vasca recorded the song, Vasca Ilieva, and after that there was a plethora of singers recording the song. The very first recording done by Mirved Belovska was done for Sperry Records in the beginning of the 50s, because starting 1951 until 1953, most of the recordings of the Macedonian songs were done by Spiro Bogoevich, who was from Macedonia, from Mavrovo region, and migrated to the States in 1923. He was a baker, actually, in Detroit. What made him found a recording company is unknown. I don't think there is much of his biography known to the public. Let me ask you a question. Are you saying that Mirovet Belovska recorded this song for Sperry Records in the States? No, none of those uh, songs were recorded in the States. Mr. Sperry, or Spiro, as his original name was, he did go, he must have gone to Macedonia. I don't know exactly how chronologically that recording of the songs went, but it's known that he did record original recordings of the songs. And now the question is, how was it recorded? Because Radioscopia started recording on, man- on magnetic tapes uh, something like in 1955 or 56, I think, which means the recording that Mirved Belovska has on the records, Sperry Records, has been recorded by somebody and somewhere. Mm-hmm. But where still is not known. With some people that I talked a few years ago, back from Macedonia, one of them was a manager of the folk song department of Radioscopia, and I asked him if he knew anything about Sperry Records and Spiro Bogoevich. He's Spiro Bogoevich because that time Macedonia was under Serbian domination and everybody had to change the names into each Bogoevich. He probably was Spiro Bogoevsky. Hiro Todevsky, who was the producer of, and the general manager of the folk song department of Radioscopia, he didn't know much either about uh, huh. these Sperry records and Spiro Bogoevich. He said that he had heard of Sperry production records, and he had no idea who recorded and where those recordings were made for the Sperry records. So he said, actually, they might have been done either in Zagreb or Sofia at that time. But then he said, again, it's kind of unusual because the whole band, which is the Mal Radio Orchestra of Radioscopia, means the small radio recording orchestra of the Radioscopia, is present there. And he said, I don't just believe that at that time the whole band went to Zagreb or to Sofia right, right. for the recording. And he said that in 1951, it's almost impossible to believe that they went to record this music in Sofia because after Georgi Dimitrov passed away, the relationship between Macedonia, Yugoslavia regarding Macedonia and Bulgaria were not as close as a while Georgi Dimitrov was alive. Mm-hmm. So he believed, he wasn't sure, and he said, I don't want this to sound like speculation, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> but it is. But it is. 
Yes, the recording was done from the radio broadcasting, which at that time were still alive, and then was refined, was redone, remixed in the States. Ah, okay, okay. And it came so actually with final result, fine, you know, for the time being, for the technique at that time. So the, the records were pressed in the United States then? Yes, they were pressed and mixed. Um, not mixed, mixing was not done, but the sound itself was improved through, you know, run probably through the recording technique, which was applied at that time in the States. Mm-hmm. And the final result, as a reason, is so fine the recordings. So that's the first recording known of Tsirnasei Chumazada. What should they say? Around there was a lot of people who recorded the song. The song is very popular, still very popular in Macedonia, in all three parts of Macedonia, because it's about Goce Delchev. It's a national hero, because he's still a very legendary person who fought for the freedom of Macedonia against the Ottoman Empire. And he was one of the creators of the Ilinden uprising. For the people who don't know what that is, it's an uprising which led to the first republic created on the Balkans, which is crucial for republics. Didn't last very long, only 12 days, but still in the history is marked as the first republic on the Balkans. Mm-hmm. As I said, Vaska Ilieva at that time, who was a member Aftanets recorded the song for Radioscopia too. Did Mirvet Belovska and Vaskelieva ever sing together or talk together? Did they know each other? Uh, David, uh, that's a good question. I would like to s- say they did sing together. Just recently, I heard Mirvet Belovska definitely with another lady singer singing. But was it Vaska or was it Dragica Nikolova or Nada Makilarska? I can't say. And I said, wow, I never knew Mirvet and that other lady singer recorded together. As we say, you can kill me now, and I still would not remember who the other singer was. But definitely, definitely, Vaska and Mirvet knew each other, because I remember when I was part of Oce Nikolov dancing with them, we had a concert, I think it was in Sofia. We had, as guest singers, Mirvet Belovska and Vaskilia. Oh, man. Amazing, amazing. David, they appear at the very same time on the stage. And Radioscopia, Tanets. I don't know if Mirvet was part of Tanets, but Vaska was part of Tanets.
had to to sing together. They had to be together. They had to communicate. They, if nothing else, they had to cross their path, roads, right. their paths, and being so famous, being top singers, they were all together. Yeah, always probably on the same concerts, same shows, same tourings going around. Because their names come up all the time. Yes. I remember interviewing Keta Ilyevsky, and, and he brought up Mirvet Beloska as as well. I mean, her name just keeps appearing. And then Vaska, of course, is all over the place. And her father also. And did you know that Mirvet Beloska is still being the greatest mystery as a person, as a singer, no. in the anthology of the Macedonian Folk singers. What do you mean that nobody know, really knows anything about her? Nobody knows. Not anything, but nobody knows much about her. Like Vaskilieva, people know a lot of details. There's people who know Vaskilieva. And Kirill Todevsky, the, the manager of the folk departments of Radio Skopje, he wrote a biography of the famous singers like Vaska, Nikola Badev, Sarievsky. And once we were talking, he wanted to write uh, the biography of Atanas Kolarovsky, and he was asking some questions about him. I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. But he said, I'm trying to write a Mirvet Belovska's biography, to write a book about her life and singing life. And he said, can you believe it that there's no people who can... Talk about Mirvet Beloska. So not even a, an article, let alone a book. Yeah, exactly. But strange thing is, Mirvet's brother, Shukri Dehar, I don't know if he's still alive, but he was there. He also recorded a few songs for Radio Skopje. <laughs> I don't know why Kire did not approach him. That was my question. To go back to Mirvet. Not much is known about Mirvet's life. As I said, I know Mirvet. I can picture her singing on the stage at this concert we invited her in Vaska. But that's all I know. You mentioned that you've had conversations with Vaska. Did you ever have any conversations with Mirvet? No, no, David, never. A lot later on, I did talk to Vaska Ilieva when I became a singer, more like a singer. At that time, when I met Mirvet, I was a folk dancer. I was young, and she was a heroine to me, and I looked up to her as a big star. And you do not approach people like that, just like, hi, Mirvet, you know, can I ask you a question? <laughs> I'm sure, you know, she would have asked, you know, she would have answered my question, but I didn't dare doing that. 
But uh, later on, uh, I had a chance to participate in the same TV uh, shows and programs with Vaska Ilieva. And um, on the breaks, uh, while waiting for the, you know, the recording to continue, we would talk. You chat. Yeah, we'd chat. Actually, most of us, the younger ones, were around her, just listening to her and her stories, life stories. Right, right. Vaska was full of jokes, man. Oh, you have no idea how many jokes she knew. But you never talked about Mirvet with her. No, 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 never. Actually, I never talked about Vaska Ilieva, about other singers. And she was very close to, to Nicola Bader because they were recording a lot of, you know, and performing in live concerts together. Now and then she would mention, like, she would say, like, you know, oh, uh, once uh, when we were in there, some place where they had a concert, We had a wonderful show in concert with Nicola Badev. She described him always as a person who knew what to do on the stage. And he knew his part in the show. And he was an excellent collaborator in a duet singing. Kostelinka Palazova, who came from the Aegean part of Macedonia. She brought a lot of, a lot of songs from Aegean Macedonia. For the people who are not aware of the expression Aegean Macedonia, that's the Greek part of Macedonia. She recorded the song. The interesting thing is, everybody sang the song in the same way, here or there, a little bit different. But following Belovska's version? Yeah, Mirvet Belovska version, yes. Kostelinka Palazova came to on the scene a little bit later. It was after the earthquake in Skopje, which was 1963. And she came up on the stage probably something like 19, late 1960s or early 1970. And the very first song she recorded was Vernice, Verni, Liebe, Marice. States, uh, people know Verni Saverni as a dance, which was taught by Atanas Kolarovsky. So that was her, her first recording. Ah, that was Kosadinka's first recording. Okay. Yes. 
She recorded a lot of songs from Aegean Macedonia. And then the song was recorded in Bulgaria by Lubka Rondova, who also originates from Aegean Macedonia. recorded a lot of Macedonian songs, but over the other side in Bulgaria, the lyrics are the same as the ones of Mirved Belovska. Actually, Ljubka Rondova, all of her songs are pure Macedonian lyrics, and you can tell immediately that she knows how to pronounce the words in the right way. Her pronunciation is very Macedonian-like. Well, she's a Macedonian. She's Macedonian. <laughs> yes. No, but uh, uh, for, for, let's say, for instance, non-Macedonian singers, the ones from Serbia and the ones from Bulgaria who are non-Macedonians, you can tell immediately that he or she is a Bulgarian. Their pronunciation is totally different. We can tell the difference. Yeah. And then, as I said later on, a lot of uh, other singers recorded the songs. And you can tell so many of them here and there have a little change in the interpretation, again, which is a reflection of the way they have percepted the song and of the way they felt the song because of the way they expressed their feelings in the interpretation. Oh, my God. 
makes difference. Here and there you can tell a tune or two are not exactly the same, which is totally acceptable, mm-hmm. as I said. Every singer is an actor, um, uh, artist of their own, and they have their own approach and their own way of expressing the song which is somewhere stored inside of them. Okay, so what about the lyrics of the song? What's it about? The meaning of the song, as I said, is about the legendary Gotze Delchev. A black plague is approaching down to Macedonia, down by Demirkapia. Demirkapia is a, is a canyon on the river Vardar. It's a narrow... Uh, gorge? A gorge, yes. And it has to go through there to go up north to the rest of Vardar Macedonia, who can stop the plague? A hero was found, and the hero is Gotze Delchev, mm-hmm. still kind of describing uh, Gotze's activity in uh, having a free Macedonia, trying to stop the Ottoman forces. Actually, they were there, but, you know, kind of trying to expel, right? trying to free Macedonia from anybody's yoke. Is it like a metaphor then? Yes, it's metaphoric, okay. but still, again, it's expressing the heroism of Gotsedelchev, like in Sokol Mileta Visokol. Yeah, yeah. Remember we recorded that song? Sokol Mileta Visokol, Mori Devoiko. The flock is flying high above in the sky over the, the goat's uh, front yard of his house. And his goat's girlfriend, uh, beloved one, was sweeping the, the, the yard and crying because goat's was killed. Uh, there are a lot of songs about goat's. Yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of songs. A lot of songs are created in Aegean Macedonia. And there's uh, songs for goat's from Babturki, from Vodenki, from uh, Kosturchanki. They all, because they are from that part of Macedonia, and they have a lot of songs created at that time. It's from, not from a, you know, from a way back history. It's from the beginning of uh, the 20th century, around 1900, because the Ilinden uprising took place in 1903. And that's when Gotsi Dolcev actually was assassinated. In 1903? Yes, right before the Ilinden Oh, he was assassinated before the uprising. Is is he from Aegean, Macedonia? Yeah, he was was born in, uh, in Kukush. Does Gotsedelchev have any living relatives? 
Yeah, I was just going to say something about that. The interesting thing is, I personally myself know one of his nieces. She was my my mom's next door neighbor. Her name is uh, Lika Chopova. She is actually a daughter of Gotze's sister. Gotze had only one sister. She lived for some time in Bulgaria, and then after that, she moved to Skopje. I've met her so many times at my mom's house. She was a lady lady, meaning she was always neatly presented in public. She cared so much of her appearance with no exaggerations. Once, when I made a remark, Auntie Lika, you always look nice and neat. And she just turned back and she said, of course, I'm Gota Delchev's niece. Ah, uh, huh. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, in the house, we always had to be polite, nice, and well-behaved. Because in the village, we were observed as nieces of the teacher. Gotze Delchev was a teacher. And a teacher was a big deal at that time. She said, we had to be role model for the kids for the, the, our family and my, my other uncle's family and kids, they all ha- we all had to be role models for everybody in the village. Too bad I didn't ask so many questions about uh, Gotze Delta. Uh. I didn't know. At that time, I felt she might feel uncomfortable talking about it. She did say that she does not remember much of him because at the time when she was a teenager, he was already... He was already gone. He was gone. He was gone. But she said all she knew was from the stories uh, heard from her father and her mother and uh, stories from her cousins, older cousins from Gotze's brothers. I know in Bulgaria there is a grandson still living. He is grandson of his, of Gotze's brother. So which will probably make him a grandson. Grand make him a great nephew. I know he's still alive. He's a big composer over there. Oh, he's in music. Yeah, he's in music. I know that you didn't ask her questions very much because you didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable. But did she ever volunteer any information about Gotze Delchev to you or to your mom? On a few occasions, I was with her when I was visiting my mother. And very often I did not want to impose on, you know, on their uh, conversation, but on few occasions she she did talk about her uncle, and it was all the time of his personality. She looked up to him as a person who knew what he wanted in his life. People trusted him. People lo- liked listening to his talking, and he was all the time giving advices and helping people in kind of a, a, uh, not advocating, but uh, leading people in the right way of making decisions in their lives, trying to make them understand the importance of education, trying to educate their children, trying to send them to schools. And you got all this from listening to her talk to your mother? Yes. This is amazing, man. I I mean, you're once removed from Gotzadelchev, basically. He had an effect on people's personal lives, not just as a some kind of legend or 
somebody far removed from normal people. He was in people's ordinary people's lives as a teacher, as an inspiration, as an advocate. And you, you learned all this from his niece, it sounds like. David, he became a legend, a legendary hero in the songs. But in his life, David, he was just an ordinary person, a person who lived with the rest of the people, who carried on with the same kind of a life as the rest of the people in the area. But he was a teacher, and not only because he was that kind of a person trying to help people, he felt like, uh, according to what Lika, his niece, said, he felt that his obligation, his duty to help people, because he was a teacher, and he knew more about different lives, different people, different way of, uh, ways of living, because he was an educated person. And his motto, his motto was Svetot Gorazbirem Kakopole na Kultura Natprevar. And in English, a literal translation would be I understand the world is a field of cultural competition among peoples. But actually, the meaning is I understand the world is a field of cultural presentation. So where people of different nations present their own culture, so everybody is aware of other cultures. So that's how I understand it, and I think that's what his idea was. For example, we have a competition of folk dancing group from all over the world, and everybody is presenting their own culture, and then it is kind of a competition, but we're presenting culture. Got it. So it's presentation. Okay. Yeah. So it was an inclusive, it was an inclusive philosophy. He believed in inclusivity, it sounds like. Definitely, definitely. But he was not just, you know, a warrior. He was not a warrior. Definitely, he was um, an educated person who's, who looked upon the world from a different point of view. No wars, no killings, but necessity sometimes leads to to unpleasant situation, but in general, he was a philosopher in his own way. And he believed that Macedonia had the right to be present on that field. Of the cultural presentations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And later on, he became a legendary person because of these positive attributes of his personality. And his thinking. And his thinking too.
You've been listening to Macedonian Postcards brought to you by EzvorMusic.com. Слушавте Македонска разгледница, представено от EzvorMusic.com. We're your hosts, David Belidis и Драги Спасовски. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Благодарим, че бяхте с нас и до слушания.